Petri Dish is a product of Petri Dish Media, all rights reserved. Petri Dish is a science comedy podcast and should not be used as medical advice. Do not get medical advice from a podcast. And therefore, as a free man, I take pride in the words, Ich bin ein Science! Science! Yes. I know the human being and science can coexist peacefully. This was now finest. Today's episode of Petri Dish is presented to you by Podgo. Podgo is the easiest way for you to monetize your podcast. It provides podcasters with a flat rate for ad space so that you always know how much you get when you include an ad from Podgo. We recently joined as a member, and you can too. It's really easy. You just need to apply to become a member, and you're immediately connected with advertisers that fit your audience. That's at podgo.co, P-O-D-G-O dot C-O. Woo! First episode of the Binera. Crazy, huh? Oh, yeah, beautiful. Do you think we'll call it the Binera, just like we had the William Henry Harris era? You know, we had the James Garfield era. You didn't even finish... William Henry Harrison's name. (laughs) (laughs) The William Henry Harris era. (laughs) He didn't even get to finish his name until he fucking died of fucking pneumonia. (laughs) That's true. That's true. Uh, I didn't even know that you said Biden era. I thought you said it's a first episode of the Biden era. And I I thought, I was like, Biden era? Is that like bilaterata or something? Is that like some kind of grouping of animals? It's like J-Lo and Ben Affleck. It's Biden and era. But era. All right, well... That's like how he pronounced um, uh, Xavier uh, Becerra's name. He was like, Xavier Bacbanera. I, I don't know about any of this. He said Bacaria. He was like, Xavier Bacaria, head of the health and human. I can't remember how he messed it up. He was like, human and health servitude. Xavier Bacaria. <laughs> You don't remember that? Let's leave all the Xavier's out of servitude. How about that? It's pretty funny. Let's... Okay. <laughs> hey everybody, this is Petri Dish. I'm Sean. I'm Nathan. Holy shit. <laughs> okay, what is this episode about today? <laughs> you tell me. It's a rhetorical question. <laughs> today. <laughs> okay. <laughs> stop looking at my lumps. <laughs> I took my shirt off and I shot just kids. I knew. At my lumps. <laughs> I knew this episode was going to be like this because you took your shirt off before we started recording. Even. <laughs> yeah. You were already hot. Okay. I want to show you my gray hairs. <laughs> so look, <laughs> today's episode is about probiotics. Okay. The mm. very first episode that we did of this show was about the microbiome. And, you know, the microbiome, in case you guys didn't listen to that first episode, it was a long time ago. Yeah. So, you know, I forgive you. Go listen to it. It's all of those trillions. I don't even remember how good it was. So maybe, you know, listen to this one first. <laughs> we had uh, an offhand and off-color reference to roving bands of Italians. Oh, was that the first Buffalo? episode? Yeah. Wow. That, um... I just think that set a standard of humor for us <laughs> that we've never since yeah, surpassed. Yeah, we've never surpassed. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that was our ceiling. <laughs> Trillions of bacteria and other microbes living inside of our guts. Right. Right. That's All the way to the anus, right? From throat to anus. From mouth to anus. Yeah. Okay. You don't have to wait till you get to the throat. That's why mouth to anus is so healthy. 
That's when the <laughs> natural ways to replenish. I, this is weird, but like, even though I set you up for that perfectly, it had not occurred to me that I said mountains. <laughs> like, that hadn't registered. Okay. Look. <laughs> I think actually a lot of people know about the microbiome. Usually right. it's couched in things like gut health and right. everything, right? People hear about that a lot. And I think people are encountering products out there that are like, prebiotics, probiotics to help with gut health right. and gut health's effects on immunity and neurological effects and all kinds of stuff, right? Exactly. So I think because this is coming up so much and people have kind of encountered this, I wanted to look at the science behind whether a big chunk of this, like probiotics, actually works at all. You know, what, right. what are prebiotics and probiotics? You know, what do we know about how the microbiome works? That's what this episode's about. Okay, cool. Well, guys, probiotic after the break. So, uh, just to give us a quick primer, Sean, uh, we have all these trillions of Osmosis Joneses up in our our gut. Mm-hmm. What are they even doing in there? What are all these these tenants? In their eviction moratorium, what are they getting up to in my property? <laughs> yeah, by and large, they're living their little microbe lives. Okay. okay. Like, they're not exactly there at our behest or anything. Right. right. Mainly what they're doing is they're encountering some food, typically some kind of carbohydrate, but not limited to that. Right. They're eating it and they're pooping out some other stuff. And it right. just so happens that other stuff sometimes is like vitamins Sometimes it's other kinds of carbohydrates, maybe ones that we can actually use. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's things like short-chain fatty acids and all kinds of other stuff. Is it like WandaVision, where sometimes they realize they're living within this lie that is a stomach? (laughs) Or is it more like, you know, our lives, where we never realize how we're in a simulation? I think it's more like our lives, except it's not even really a simulation. Our guts are their entire world. Unless we're a simulation. It's where they're born. In which born, case, they're also simulated. And where they'll die. Sean, do you think there's a computer that's so good it could simulate not just me, but my entire gut microbiome? No. Really? You're too beautiful. What about Elon Musk? <laughs> <laughs> you think Elon Musk is the computer that can simulate No, I think he's very simulatable. <laughs> See, Aww. me and all my complexity, it's impossible. I have a metaphysical quality about myself. But Elon Musk is a very simulatable man. Elongated muskrat. That's what I learned. Is that his nickname? That's his full name. He shortened it to Elon Musk. Afrikaner is such a strange language. (laughs) Elongated muskrat. Okay. Anyway, I don't know why we're fucking talking about him. He's the richest man now in the world. He beat Jeff Bezos. We still don't have to talk about him. I think his tweet was like, wow, look at that. Maybe if he starts paying us, we'll talk about him. How about that? So. Wait, do you know something I don't know? Is he... he is Elon Musk going to sponsor our <laughs> Tesla's going to buy Petri dish. <laughs> to um. shut us down. We're too competitive. <laughs> yeah, with Tesla, exactly. <laughs> You're going to hear about us in an antitrust suit <laughs> like in 10 years. So. Thanks to People's Tribune, Josh Hawley. In this conversation where we're talking about the microbiome, holy shit. <laughs> okay. We're mainly talking about the gastrointestinal tract. There are other areas where we have bacteria living. Right. But in this case, more specifically, gastrointestinal. Do all humans have, like, the same type of bacteria? Or is, like, an aboriginal guy got, like, different bacteria than, like, I don't know, me? Pretty much all people have different microbiomes. Okay, cool. When you look at it on, like, a species level. Okay. So if you go through and you actually try to identify all the different things that are living in there, 
we all have different kind of ecosystems. Yeah. But there's enough in common about our ecosystems. Right. That what ends up happening is you really have a kind of jobs. Right. And if we pretended that it was kind of like a restaurant almost. Right. Each one of us is our own restaurant. Right. Okay. There are still certain kinds of jobs you see in every restaurant. There's right. always going to be servers. There's always going to be cooks. Right. Right. But that is something that you end up seeing in the microbiome. Yeah. Okay. Is that when you look at the functions that those bacteria are doing. Right. What genes are they actually using? What kinds of carbohydrates are they actually eating? Right. Even if it's different species, you'll have ones that are like, oh, these are the ones that are eating the carbohydrates in this person. Right. And these are the ones that are digesting the bile salts. Right. Right. And so, you know, you end up seeing these rolls crop up. Okay. That's cool. Um, another thing to kind of understand about our microbiome and the gastrointestinal tract is that the different areas of that tract are pretty different from each other. Right. Sure. And you can see that on the big scale. Like, we don't really think about our mouths as similar to our small intestines or something. Okay. Nathan. They have an intimate relationship, though. <laughs> it takes a while to get there. Um, <laughs> Not I removed a couple ribs. Oh, so for okay. me, so it takes a lot shorter than some other guys. <laughs> wow. <laughs> my head goes right up my asshole. Wow. <laughs> through my whole large intestine. <laughs> to get to the small. Mm -hmm. That's beautiful. Uh, um, I know anatomy. <laughs> very, very intimate. <laughs> so, you know... The microbiome that lives in your small intestine is different than the one that lives in your mouth. Cool. But at the same time, that's still like uh, big size differences. Like we can tell the difference between a small intestine and a large intestine. Right. But there's even different niches within the small intestine. Cool. Like you'll find a different community of bacteria living in the first foot of your small intestine compared to the last foot. That's cool. So there's a lot of different areas for bacteria to live. Right, okay. So basically, we have all these different areas in our gastrointestinal tract. Okay, cool. And all of those different areas might have different kinds of bacteria, but they're all filling some kind of role. Right. And so if you just look overall broadly at, in a single person, in Nathan, yes. what kinds of bacteria you have there, you would find what's called functional redundancy. Okay. Which means you'd find several different species that kind of have the same job. Right. But part of that is because they have the same job, but they are not completely replaceable with each other because mm -hmm. they're in slightly different spots. Right, sure. They're like filling that job, but like, you know, in a different location in a chain restaurant or something like right, that. Sure. Right, sure. And so, you know, there's a lot of different niches. There's a lot of different bacteria doing their thing. This was kind of an issue that cropped up in the science because functional redundancy is something that makes a lot of sense for us as kind of like the big organism. Right. Because that means that, hey, if, if one of them gets sick, you have somebody that can replace them. Right. right? Be, uh, another staff member can come in and fill that role. But I thought that didn't even work in our case because the different bacteria aren't actually truly replaceable. So what probably happens is there's cross-colonization attempts. Okay, say. cool. But in most of the niches, they're already filled up and working properly. Right. And so they rebuff anybody who's trying to come in. Right. Because there's no job for them to take. Right. So that is a certain kind of thing that's an advantage for us. But normally for bacteria, having the same role as another bacteria is a competitive situation. So right. usually you want to evolve to have your own separate niche. And so that's why understanding that like they do have separate niches. They're just like really fine-tuned niches like it might be like right one fold of your small intestine compared to another fold is right. like where these different bacterial groups are hanging out it's like high fashion or something this is like in theory in these 
and like you know Givenchy are competitors, but they have like these super fine tuned niches amongst the assholes of the world. Yes, and so they don't actually necessarily operate in a perfectly competitive space the way you would immediately assume. They have their little bits, little pieces. One's for wrists, one for scarves. You know, they, sure, they, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Whatever you just said, I don't, I don't know anything about fashion. Uh, what was the first one you said? Uh, Hermes. Oh, okay. Okay, so that's... you went like... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, Hermes is, is spelled like Hermes. Yeah, Hermes. And then, and then Givenchy. Givenchy like, is the uh, Givenchy one, right? Yes. Givenchy and Hermes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I was like, I was like, man, they got a Givenchy sale. I just laughed at it and laughed yeah. at Hermes has bags, I think. Yeah. Hermes is some nice shit, actually. Moving on. Yeah. yeah so, okay. Fashion talk done. Congratulations, everybody. This is now a fashion podcast. Yeah, it's the running motif of this entire episode. <laughs> I hope you all enjoy. Because um, fashion metaphors are far more accessible than just directly talking about a microbiome. <laughs> Everyone knows exactly the nuances of Givenchy market <laughs> economics. Let's take a break. <laughs> when we come back, <laughs> going to the outlet mall. We're not going to talk about any of that shit. <laughs> we're going to move on to what the microbiome does for you, a really short overview of that idea. And then we're going to be able to go into prebiotics, probiotics, and FMT. Are you mad? Do you want to see the world burn? Do you want a haircut? We'll fucking get one at Rage Salon. We cut hair angrily, men's hair anywhere, even taint, which makes me even madder, cause we're Rage Salon. This is a real place. We passed it on Western Avenue in Gardena after we had bacon breakfast. It was really more of a brunch. Don't fucking lie, bro. I don't eat brunch with dudes. You had mimosas. Oh, you're making me so bad. So mad! I need a haircut! Get one at Rage Saloon! This is a fake ad for a real place of business. We've never been, we just like the name. They're at 16134 Southwestern Avenue, Gardena, California, 90247, with no listed phone number, which is pretty metal. Did you know that poll was pronounced pho? What was the panda's name in uh, Kung Fu Panda? Uh, Jack Black. (laughs) (laughs) Nailed it. (laughs) What does the microbiome do for you, though, Nathan? Right. I mean, a lot like with luxury bands, people think that it's useless, but in reality, it gives you all sorts of social capital. Yeah, yeah. And it helps you know visually who's better than you. Right. If you, if you see someone with Givenchy, you know not to talk to them. They're just going to be They're mean. worse. They're just mean yeah. people. Um, okay, look. So, the thing is, your microbiome definitely communicates with your body. Right. There is a back and forth communication between your body and the microbiome. Right. Didn't you tell me that, like, the gut microbiome affects bipolar disorder, it affects cerebral palsy, it affects the Garrett's <laughs> disease? Like, okay, so, so here's what's fun. What we do definitely know is your microbiome makes stuff that your body uses. Right. Okay. Okay. And in that way, your body does have a way of keeping track of how your microbiome is doing. Mm. And your body will secrete things into your guts that the microbiome uses. So there is a feedback cycle there. Is this like a bleak surveillance state, kind of like Winter Soldier? Or is this more like a chill surveillance state that's really cute, like Princess Bubblegum in mid-season Adventure Time? 
Uh, it can be either, depending on the person. Nice. And we're going to get into that later, dude, actually. Dude, I am all about panopticons, man. You're talking <laughs> about shit right now, dude. Yeah, so we'll get, we'll get there in a second. Cool. But here's the thing. We do know that, for example, having a diverse microbiome is very useful to help stave off certain kinds of infections. Yeah. Uh, C. diff is a classic example. Right. I mean, there was a point in time in college where Sean was just eating, like, straight ramen for, like, three months, and then got a kidney stone. And that's because your microbiome had kind of <laughs> atrophied a little bit. <laughs> Certain elements of that are probably true, but I don't think I got the kidney stone because of my microbiome. It's I think too I just much got World it because I was dumb. <laughs> um, okay. But how is it related to being dumb? So, probably not. You're a smart guy. Oh, thank you. <laughs> okay. Wow. Definitely enough of that. <laughs> the people need to know. The microbiome you is to, also listed. You need to disclose your medical history, all right? All right? You think the people don't want to know? Where are your taxes going? Where are they going, Sean? I've been vaccinated for hep B. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thank God. <laughs> I'm glad everyone knows now. All the hep you've been spreading around before that vaccine. <laughs> now everyone knows. It's like a hot fire hose with your hep Fuck, okay. The microbiome. I also get herpes. <laughs> I mixed it up. No. Okay. Uh, the microbiome has been implicated for a ton of diseases. Right. Okay, the, there are a lot of reports out there. If you, <laughs> if you Google microbiome and almost any disease, probably at one point somebody's written a paper or some kind of pop science news article has come out. Right. About like, oh, the microbiome and... Sure, things like obesity and diabetes, you can kind of see how it'd be related to them. Right, that makes sense. But then Alzheimer's, Parkinson's, colorectal cancer, depression, you know, th things that are like, they're a little bit further out there. I mean, in the defense of society, that's really more of an indictment of Google, right? Like, if you put famous person's name and pedophile next to each other, you're going to find some article about it, <laughs> right? Like, Google's a, a dark place, man. <laughs> Sure. Yeah. But at the same time, there are people who write these articles. And and I would say for a lot of these, there's at least an actual scientific paper that has the conclusion of, oh, there's a connection between the microbiome and Parkinson's. Yeah. The issue is that I think a lot of those are flawed. Mm. Like realistically speaking, a lot of these diseases have root causes that are extremely complex. Right. Alzheimer's is a classic one, right? Because like, I mean, Alzheimer's, but also knows? depression is complex. Right. Right. And so the idea that the microbiome is in any way potentially affiliated with depression, maybe. But is it a meaningful causative factor? Would interventions in the microbiome treat depression? Right. I think doubtful. And part of the issue is that in a lot of the cases, these studies are done using a certain kind of mouse model, where basically they'll take mice and they will wipe out the mouse microbiome so they don't have a microbiome anymore. Okay. And then... And then they just go suicidal, right? Like, they're just, like, fucking gone mad. Well, I think mice without their microbiome do not do great. Right. But the researchers give them a new microbiome. Okay. Sourced from humans. Oh. So, for example, they'll get a microbiome from a person that doesn't have depression and a microbiome from someone who does have depression. Okay. And then they'll give those microbiomes to different groups of mice. Okay. And then they'll compare those mice and say, hey, do the mice that got the depressed person's microbiome become depressed? Okay. 
the issue is that like over the past few years, there's maybe like 40 of those studies that have been published. Right. Almost all of them say that there is a connection between the microbiome and whatever they studied. Right. This model seems to lean way too hard in the direction of giving a positive result. Yeah, it's also obviously bullshit, right? I mean, like, is there anything ecologically different about those two microbiomes that has any, like, actual causal relationship that you could, like, in your Uh, hypothesis define? Right. So, in almost all cases, they don't figure that out. Right. Well, that kind of seems like... Like, sure. nutty, Yes, right? yeah, yeah, so I agree. So part of the problem is that, like, I think that this model was developed initially in a very controlled sense to look at things like if these small changes happen, what does that do to the microbiome? Like, what, what are the causes there and everything? But they're getting used now to make kind of, like, really big causal leaps right. that are just not justified. Right. And so you'll end up seeing these papers that are kind of low-quality papers with conclusions that will say sentences like, we looked, when you put in the diseased microbiome, the mice get that disease. So clearly, the microbiome is an important causative factor in getting that disease. Right. Are you going to get in trouble? Are, have you been disrespecting? Saying kind of low quality? Are you going to get stabbed in the conference you go to? Uh, look, I don't do microbiome science. So uh, we go. go to different conferences. Fuck those guys. Yeah. Yeah, so it's, long as we... <laughs> yeah, it's like saying Marcus Crassus was a bitch-ass general. Come wow, fight me, Marcus Crassus. Dude. No, you fucking died at Parhe, you idiot. <laughs> he might come back. <laughs> <laughs> he might come back, dude. Go to Marcus Crassus. Them, them's his fighting words. He's just sailing across the sea and kept me. <laughs> uh, um, yeah, well, I mean, once you, like... Here's the kind of first-order question I feel like. is like if you took a big enough sample size of people who were depressed clinically, however you've decided to figure that out, too, but, like... And you studied their microbiome, could you even identify similarities that mattered? Because, like, people have different microbiomes anyway. Like, that, that's actually one of the reasons why a lot of studies fail on that level. Right. So there are studies that are human population studies. And they're like, oh, hey, there's as many differences within the depressed group as the not depressed group. Right. Their microbiomes are just super different from each other already. Right. And... Hey, that's rough. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, it makes the science, it masks a lot of what could be causative factors. Because as we said, there's roles that bacteria play. And so maybe, well, something that's starting to happen is they're looking more at, are the roles any different? Right. Like, does this person's restaurant have way more servers and way fewer cooks? Right. For example, right? As opposed to looking at actually the species composition and everything. Right. Right. And that's a kind of more complicated study. It's a little bit harder to do. Right. But so that's why I think people should keep an eye on this space. Yeah. It's not a settled question yet. I just think people, when you read an article about it, skepticism for now. Okay. The microbiome probably doesn't do 75 to 90% of the things right. that it's said to do right now on Google. It'll get sorted out eventually. You know what though, Sean? Okay. Adversity that matters. All right. Something complicated that doesn't mean you shouldn't do it. Teddy Roosevelt? When he was killing bears, did he kill the babies first? He killed the moms first. Because that was harder. Right? <laughs> oh. He delighted in the challenge. Then he let the baby starve. <laughs> right? I see. You scientists need to take a lesson from Teddy's see, book. That's interesting because I, I feel like killing the babies first would enrage the mother. Yeah. And then make her a harder kill. Look, Teddy Roosevelt, great president, not the smartest one. <laughs> All right? That's why you should have been there. 
All right, <laughs> yeah. he needed to be I, there. I could have advised him on how to be the most cruel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes, that's fair. All right, let's move on. You should, you, if you were there, you could have been like, let's not colonize the Philippines. Wow. Yeah. I would have given it a shot. <laughs> and then they would have fired you. <laughs> yeah. Because they're like, you're a punk-ass bitch who doesn't want to colonize places. No, it's like, you look a little squinty out here. Yeah, they're like, wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> they, they saw a video of you being like, when you're a jet, you're a jet for life. They're like, they're like get him out of here. Exactly. All right. Um, wait, were the jets or the sharks I the Filipino ones? No, I don't know. They're also Puerto Rican. <laughs> so, before we move into our last segment, before we take a break, I want to do a quick definition on three of the things that we're going to be talking about Excellent. in the remainder of the episode. Excellent. Okay. I want to talk about prebiotics, I want to talk about probiotics, and I want to talk about fecal microbiota transfer mm. or transplants. It sounds like if uh, it sounds like a like a like a Coachella cross promotion of MGMT and like FOMO. Sure, FMT. Oh no no, uh, weekend. No free weekend. What? what are the names of these people? <laughs> uh, there's the weekend. <laughs> All right, is that what you're talking about? Let's just keep going. <laughs> Good. Good. <laughs> uh, okay. I'm on the Western Front. <laughs> Prebiotics first. Yes. Prebiotics is food for the bacteria in your guts. Cool. Okay. So more specifically, they are molecules that help promote the sort of well-being and growth of the beneficial microbiome guys that are hanging out in your body. Like pizza. That you do not eat yourself. Oh, not like pizza. Right. So it's not stuff that we can digest. We can't digest it. Oh, okay. It's just there for the microbiome to digest. So like Chuck E. Cheese pizza. Right. The probably, human body. Probably parts of Chuck E. Cheese. Pizza, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Entire chunks. Like the glass and the plastic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so. Uh, what Did you hear that they had to recall a bunch of Hot Pockets uh, because it had glass and plastic? And so Nestle, I think it's Nestle. It's like some company you don't think would make Hot Pockets makes Hot Pockets. And they had to recall What it. is Nestle? Um, Are you talking about Nestle? Yeah. Oh. I think it was like Nestle or something. Okay. It's some, it some company you wouldn't expect. <laughs> Not like Garibaldi's or something. Nestle sounds cute. Yeah. It's like, oh, so, we're nuzzling each other. Yeah. But so, like. so Garibaldi had to recall its Hot Pockets because they had plastic and glass in like 800,000 units. Isn't Nestle like a like an evil corporation? I don't know. I mean, it, it's based on Willy Wonka, right? Which would say, which would mean yes. It's a slave labor institution. <laughs> All those Oompa Loompas those... shoving glass into our hot pockets. Edit. I'm waiting for the subversive new HBO take where it's from the Oompa Loompas perspective. It's like going clear, but... Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the <laughs> Ramini Oompa Loompa style. It's like a little orange lady. <laughs> okay. Um... So, what are these things that are bacteria food that we can't digest? Mostly oligosaccharides, okay? What that means... The fuck? Yeah. Oligo, like oligopoly, like okay. what we have in the U.S. Nice. <laughs> nice. And saccharide, sugar, okay? So, it's not like sucrose or glucose. Those are like kind of individual or like two sugar molecules together. Uh, oligosaccharides are many sugar molecules in a chain. Medium sugar chains... Mostly from vegetables. Mm. Okay, so when you eat those veggies, you're given a lot of the prebiotics okay. to those bacteria. And as far as we can tell, prebiotics are things that get digested by your gut microbiome and do stuff. Kale always felt indigestible to me. And now I know why. It's because my body hates it. Well, okay, so, so there is a concept called like dietary fiber. Okay, and the, the idea behind dietary fiber is you don't get any energy out of it because we don't digest it. Okay. 
Prebiotics is a subset of dietary fiber. Okay. Some dietary fiber basically goes through your entire system and doesn't get eaten by anything, mm -hmm. including bacteria. Just helps firm up your poop. Okay, cool. But other dietary fiber, these oligosaccharides, they are prebiotics. Okay, cool. All right, probiotics. This one, I think a lot of people get. It's like living bacteria and shit that you eat. Right. It's in yogurt. It's in kimchi. Right. It's supposed to have some kind of effect in you. Right. Like, technically, certain kinds, you know, the pickled jalapenos or dill pickles or something like that, if they're lacto-fermented, they might have bacteria in there. Right. People don't usually talk about them as, like, the health benefits of dill pickles. Right. But kimchi, they talk a shitload about the potential health benefits of those probiotics. Okay. And then the last one, fecal microbiota transplant. Yes. That's taking poop, sticking it. Right. Into the places. Right. To kind of get... The poop spreading. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And, you know, a lot of times you will pre-screen the person, the healthy poop donor, to make sure that they don't have any kind of nasty bacteria growing in their poop. You want only the good stuff. And then you usually take the poop and you put it into a mortar and pestle. Maybe you add a little bit of water, some moisture, yeah. and grind it up. Or maybe you add 4% milk. Yeah. Grind it up. I used to do all that as a kid. You get it up the butt. I'll just get like a big old bowl and a hammer and I'll take some poop I found and I'll throw in some milk and I'll just go, ah! <laughs> bam, 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 bam. Uh, I remember that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's why my hair's brown. Whoa. <laughs> Yikes. It never comes out. Currently, FMT, yeah. uh, this poop transplant, yeah. is an experimental treatment for antibiotic resistant C. diff infections. Okay. And in those people with C. diff infections, which can be very painful and life-threatening, it seems to work very well Fuck. based on clinical trials. Okay. Very, very well. Like 90% cure rate. Okay. Cool. So, FMT, very powerful. Yeah. Okay, cool. So let's take a break. And then when we come back, we're going to talk about the evidence that exists about whether probiotics do stuff to you. Okay, cool. Very excited. Body. The following is an actual advertisement. I was always one of those curious kids. I had the chemistry set, a microscope, a telescope. I would take my toys apart to see how they worked. And now that I'm a grown-up, I still have that huge sense of curiosity. If you too are an adult who was a curious kid, then Curiosity Cake is made for you. I'm your host, Lee Delaney. Join me as I talk to the best minds from academia and elsewhere to bring you accessible and engaging conversations across a wide range of topics with no prior knowledge required. I'll be asking questions such as, can nuclear fusion become a viable source of sustainable clean energy? Is it possible to create careers that fit our interests and personalities? And how can we know how to eat well with so much conflicting nutrition information? You can enjoy a slice of Curiosity Cake by subscribing on your favorite podcast app or via the website curiositycake.co.uk. All you need is a cup of tea and a fork. Don't hit me. <laughs> Sometimes you gotta get hit. <laughs> okay. Probiotics are a pretty big industry. All right. There are, of course, natural probiotics, like right. on the kimchi, right? But there's also like pills that you, you can go to Whole Foods and there's a refrigerated section of yeah. probiotic pills. Yeah. With like, oh, this is a blend of 11 bacterial species that you can take and everything like that. Yeah. Oh, they don't let me in Whole Foods anymore. Oh, yeah? Yeah. I went in one time 
And I was like, is this banana four dollars? And they're like, get out! Get out of here! We don't want to see your kind anymore. I'm not allowed in Whole Foods. It was an Hermes banana. <laughs> sure. Uh, okay. Pretty much none of the stuff that probiotics has been uh, kind of promoted for in right. terms of health have been verified by any kind of FDA or agency like that. Right. It's kind of just in the bullshit realm. Yeah. Basically, even the ones that are true are in the bullshit realm because none of them are verified by any kind of clinical trial or anything right. like that, right? None of these things are, like, medically backed up. They kind of fall into the same realm as supplements, right. which are like, oh, this supplement promotes hair growth or whatever. You, right. you don't really know if it does that. It's not verified. So, at the very least, what I can say is that if you are a fairly healthy person with, like, a pretty healthy gut... You're pooping on the regular. Yeah. It's looking pretty good. Yeah. It's pretty much a crapshoot whether or not probiotics will even affect your microbiome at all. Right. Part of the reason you're healthy, maybe, is because you have a very vigorous and sexy microbiome. And so when new invaders come in, they're just like, get out of here, bro. All the jobs are filled. Right. Right. It, uh, taking the microbiome pill is like suddenly shoving in a bunch of new workers into a restaurant that's already humming along yeah. pretty well. This is where Eisenhower's got to do Operation Wetback. He's got to get some Mexicans out of California, you know, deport them. I'm just, <laughs> I know that's the operation name, but hearing you say Wetback is so viscerally disturbing to me. <laughs> that really set me on edge. <laughs> like, oh my God, I can't. Yikes. Okay. So, basically, in an experiment, some scientists gave people a cocktail of 11 bacterial species as a probiotic. Okay? Very cool. These scientists, they made this cool probiotic blend. They're like, awesome. We're going to show that probiotics work. Okay. Mm -hmm. So then they gave them to people. They did this study actually pretty extensively. A lot of probiotic studies just look at the poop. These people actually did... They looked at the poop, but they also looked through endoscopy and colonoscopy. Right. So they went in through the mouth and scoped down. Mm. They went in through the butt and scoped up. Right. And they took samples all along the way. Right. Along the entire small intestine, the entire large intestine, the stomach, the throat, the mouth, the whole thing. Right. At the end of the study, they even did euthanization of the subjects and they did a full <laughs> uh, an uh, autopsy. <laughs> no. <laughs> These guys are still alive. <laughs> um. Anyway, so th the point Mostly. is they went full blown. Okay. Okay. okay, they went full-blown before giving them the probiotics, Right. very shortly after giving the probiotics, and then a while after. You'd have, you'd have to be real freaky-deaky to want to do that kind of study, right? I, mean, I, that's ho a lot I hope of the people got paid. Yeah. I hope they got paid, because it is a lot of probing. Or they got paid through the experience, right? I mean, if they're freaky-deaky. If you like it. Yeah. Good. Then you just, you just got more than you you're got like, bargain I, You're like, I don't have a good diet, but I'll waive the pay. <laughs> <laughs> I want to get colonoscopy... Like weekly. It could be fun. Yeah. I've never gotten a colonoscopy. Really? I'm, what do you mean really? Well, just stay after the record. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I got my tube right here. Yikes. Holy shit. Put a camera at the end. What a nightmare. This, this, <laughs> this went so wrong so quickly. So, one of the first things that they found is if you take probiotics, those bacteria that you take the probiotics of will be in your poop. Yeah. Very quickly. A lot of them. Okay. Okay. So one of the things that that suggests is that there's kind of a washout, so to speak. Yeah. Most of the bacteria that you get in a probiotic batch doesn't latch onto anything in your guts. Right. It just comes right out in the poop. Right. Okay. But that's something that they kind of had an idea of before. So they're like, okay, you know, like that's, that's not ideal. Like normally when you take something, you'd want more of it to get in there. Right. But honestly, when you take any kind of drug, 
you poop a lot of it out anyway, right? right? Like if you take aspirin or Advil or something like that, still a lot of it comes out in your stool. So that's right. kind of, all right, that's just how it works when right. you take things orally. Dude, when I take an Advil, the whole pill comes back out. <laughs> My body rejects the whole Advil. <laughs> It's just like little 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 pink dingers in there. In there. <laughs> Stacy's could, been giving you rocks. You could you're not, yeah. <laughs> fish tank pebbles. <laughs> no way, man. That's real Advil. Yeah, I mean, literally, you could do an FMT and just put it into someone else's mouth, and like they'll just get a full dose of Advil. It's no pink rocks in there at all. What a bummer. <laughs> exactly. What a bummer this whole thing has been. <laughs> this whole experience has been really bad, really a, negative. A bum death. <laughs> okay. Now, if you wait a little bit after you give people the probiotics, yeah, what they found is that in some people, people that they called permissive, mm. they you could do extra colonoscopies for free. <laughs> you could find the bacteria still there. Yes. You could find elevated amounts of those 11 species. Okay. Or at least some of the 11 species. But even in the people who were permissive, it was not consistent which of the 11 species stuck around. Okay. And it wasn't consistent how much of them stuck around and was their health any better oh no, no. this study did not look at that at all wow okay no, th this study was not about the consequences of probiotic treatment it was just about whether or not probiotic treatment right. actually changes anything about your the microbiome. simplest definition of efficacy right and in some other people the resistant people there was none mm. okay there was just no real change at all to their microbiome i tell you what i am hyper permissive i was in india for five days and I smelled like that for like two weeks afterwards. So you have kind of like the princess bubblegum style surveillance of your microbiome going on. It's a little bit more permissive. Yeah, totally. It's a little more loving. Any human boy wants to wander into my kingdom. Okay, <laughs> open arms. Yeah, so, you know, what they saw was when they were comparing some of the biology of the permissive versus restrictive people. One thing that they noticed is that the restrictive people had a tendency to kind of, their immune systems got a little bit more activated and sort of recognized the probiotics as like foreign. And went pew, pew, pew. Yeah. Interesting. And kind of worked a little bit harder to, it seemed like. them. Yeah. To not let them stay. So some people are just biologically fascistic. And yeah. And people are just biologically like a, liberal. It's like how that sheriff in Malibu treated the Big Lebowski. Ah, yeah. Yeah, he ran him out of town. Good movie. It's like, we don't like deadbeats in Malibu. Right. He's like some people's gut microbiome. The sheriff. Yeah. Yes. Whereas other people's are like the Lebowski. Yes. yes. <laughs> or or, or <laughs> the, the probiotics are the Lebowskis. And uh, sometimes they get run out of town. Yeah. Okay. And, you know, so the kind of conclusion from that, that this study authors came up with, was that at the very least, probiotics the way that we're doing them right now don't work for everybody. Right. And in fact, if they work for anybody, it's probably a, kind of like a minority of people. Right. They were saying that, you know, if you try hard enough, it does seem like you can kind of tell if a person is going to be permissive or restrictive. But also, their hope, they still want to make probiotics work. Right. That's like where these scientists are coming from. That's the money, baby. They want to make probiotics work, so they're like, is there anything we can do to turn restrictive guts into permissive guts? Why is FMT so much better? Than like whatever other probiotic regimen that exists. Yeah, so you know, I don't think that FMT. There's not a lot of evidence for FMT doing something really important to healthy guts. Right. People aren't really doing it to healthy guts. Right. They're usually doing it to fucked up guts. That's kind of the classic problem with like probiotics is part of a broader school of preventative medicine. Right. Where like 
a lot of times healthy people will just tack on more of this stuff, presumably make them healthy, but they're actually already healthy. Right. So it's kind yeah. of water over the bridge. Yeah. Water under the bridge. It's kind of like running that roughshod. <laughs> it's like looking a gift horse in the mouth. <laughs> I see. <laughs> it's, it's, I don't know if any of that works, but it's a, okay. You can lead a horse to wire, but you can't kill it. You can't kill a horse? Uh, you cut the baby in half. I thought that's the whole point of glue factories. Uh, well, were we even talking about? <laughs> is, is this a Jerry Thermal episode? <laughs> <laughs> okay, look. So, the thing is, a group of scientists has actually done sort of that study. The study that you were kind of moving toward. Right. Which is... Yeah, okay, so probiotics, it's kind of a crapshoot for healthy people. What about for people who, for example, have taken antibiotics? Right. And have wiped out their gut microbiome, it's super fucked up in there. Right. Right. We already know that when people take antibiotics, it can mess up their gut microbiome to the point where they can have stomach issues for a long time afterwards. Yeah. So, they did a study where there were three groups. They all got antibiotics. Right. So they all got their gut microbiome screwed up. Yeah. One group then got no treatment. Right. They were just left to naturally reconstitute their gut microbiome, which does happen in most people after a while. Right. Some people, unfortunately, might get infected by something else in the meantime, and then they'll have kind of long-term stomach issues until that's taken care of. Jeez. Maybe they have to get another round of antibiotics. Wow. And then try to reconstitute their microbiome. Okay. Yeah. So That sucks. Because basically, a healthy microbiome doesn't just keep the probiotics away, it can also keep away the actually bad bacteria. Right. Right. So, in this case, everyone got antibiotics. One group was left to recover naturally. Au natural. Right. Another group was given probiotics. Yeah. And then the the last group... group, All chicken nuggets. Nah, dude. That's all they ate. No, it's something a step worse than chicken nuggets. Okay. Poop. They were given fecal transplants. Ah, and the third group did best. Yeah, Yeah, it did. Yeah! It did. The fecal transplants... Their microbiomes went back to normal within days. Wow. Wow. Very fast. Yeah. To be clear, this was an autologous fecal transplant. What that means is that it was their own poop. Okay. Okay. Cool. Like they pooped, took antibiotics, and then they got that poop back in there. What was the word you used for that? Autologous. Autologous. I just got to keep that one in my head. That's a good one. For when you're at the doctor's office and you're like, now listen. Yeah. From want, now on, I want autologous poop. <laughs> All the poop that goes into this body, this I want it me. autologous. Yeah. <laughs> well, I just tell you what, Sean, I've been eating my own shit for 30 years, yeah. all right? And I've always been healthy. I've never got sick one day because I eat my shit. That's right, my name's Ethan Allen. And I'm selling you my poop today. <laughs> my super miracle health of poop. Is that going to be the uh, the fake ad? Totally. My poop's so healthy, Sean, you could rub it on a desert ground and it'll find you water. That's right, my poop's a divining <laughs> stick. Yeah. Tap, tap, tap. There's a well. That's my poop. <laughs> Beautiful. (laughs) Nathan's poop also featured in There Will Be Blood as a way to find oil. I'll drink your poop. I'll drink it up. (laughs) Okay. Anyway. Dale Day-Lewis, he's a great actor. He did it. He actually ate my poop. Because he's method. So FMT. Yeah. The poop did work best. And it worked really, really well. That's cool. Second place. Recovering naturally. Okay. Taking probiotics delayed the recovery of the natural microbiome. Hilarious. By months. Wow. Months and months. And the reason why, probably, was that in the case where you took antibiotics, the probiotics did successfully colonize. But the probiotic mix is only 11 bacterial strains. Right. It's not at all the same as a normal Right, the sexy diversity. Right. And they just successfully moved in. Right. And then they kept away all of the other bacteria that were trying to come in. Right. 
like the normal microbiome bacteria. Right. So they kind of created their own fucked up community that stayed kind of unbalanced yeah. the whole time. Right. It would be like if you tried to make like Power Rangers. No, not Power Rangers. Uh, who's that Ted Turner show? Who's that Ted Turner show? Yeah, who that ninja? <laughs> Captain Planet. Okay. It would be like if you tried to do a Captain Planet reboot, but you only hired Mormon kids. They would be exactly like that. Yeah, it wouldn't work. <laughs> no, you it need wouldn't. more diversity. That would be very bad. You need that heart. <laughs> you need that heart, baby. I'm upset you put that energy out into the world because I'm worried now that that's going to pop up. You know what I mean? <laughs> like someone's going to make that show. I'm glad Quibi's dead because I'm pretty sure that would have been, <laughs> been a Quibi show. Quibi show. <laughs> <laughs> that's probably more than anything else that's why it's failed is I was in pre-production and someone was finally like what is Quibi anyway <laughs> like we gotta shut this down yeah they realize that the only people who still watch Captain Planet are Mormons oh shit yeah you know that would not surprise me if that was like a Nielsen study that was like 100% of current Captain Planet <laughs> consumption <laughs> is in Utah yes so <laughs> fuck what was I saying um so, in this study, where we looked at the antibiotic treatment, and in fact, the one that, if you had asked me a year ago, I would have thought probiotics would perform well here, right? right? Because I think, probably in even a past episode, I said, if probiotics ever work, it's probably to help restore things after antibiotics right. or something. But instead, total bullshit. Yeah, instead, it does not work that way. It's the exact opposite. What if you just like a Korean person, you take antibiotics, and they just eat like a lot of kimchi and like a lot of like umami filled fish or something or you're italian just like butter all day like that would probably also replenish yeah the microbiome well right? so what helps sustain your microbiome what helps create it initially what helps kind of replace your childhood microbiome with an adult one all it's, that stuff is based off of like what you're eating right okay so just eat more what you're eating yeah i mean realistically and that's why i think that there is a relationship between, you know, for example, kimchi and the Korean person's microbiome is because they've been eating kimchi the whole time. They've been sucking kimchi out of their mom's breast. Right. You know what I mean? Like, it's just been yeah. kimchi the entire time. And so, yeah, kimchi their microbiome. Kimchi titty. Yes. Dude, that sounds like an Ali Wong special. It's not even Korean. <laughs> but, like, kimchi titty. That so. is appropriation. <laughs> yeah. That dude. is Chinese appropriation <laughs> of Korean food. Well, she's half Chinese, half Vietnamese. So that's like punching up and down at the same time, right? <laughs> it's hard to read. <laughs> that, was the, that was the least racist way to say <laughs> that all idea. I liked it. I liked it. Okay. I mean, has, has there ever been a study of that? Like just taking a thousand Korean people versus like a thousand fucking Americans or Norwegians and seeing if a regular kimchi diet or for your whole life, basically, is what I'm saying, like, does change your gut microbiome in ways that are actually traceable? Or is just, at the end of the day, the gut microbiome is so idiosyncratic that even that doesn't work? There have been studies, I actually... Right, but they're by, like, Korean nationalists. They're like, this is why we need to conquer Manchuria. <laughs> no, it was a whole paragraph that I started to write in this episode, and I was like, I don't feel like doing this. <laughs> so I deleted it. But it was about how diet does impact the microbiome. Right. Um, Which makes a lot of sense. Right. And so people who eat kimchi a lot, their diet is different. Right. Being able to disentangle the idea, like, you know, kimchi has fiber in it, for example. Right. Kimchi has prebiotics as well. It's some of the stuff that the probiotic bacteria are eating. Right. right? So disentangling the fact that those things change your diet up 
plus you also get this daily dose of probiotics, that's a tough thing to disentangle. Mm. But definitely, people who have different kinds of diets, who are eating different kinds of foods, will have different microbiomes. And not just microbiomes on the species level, but also the job focus, right? They'll be shifted around a little bit. Right. People who have high carbohydrate, low protein diets, it'll look different than people who have high protein, high fat diets. For right. Example. And yeah, so that is definitely a source of consistent difference in the microbiome. What those differences affect in our bodies in terms of our health is more complicated. Right. That's again the next step in that idea and that's that's tough we don't totally know all of that yet nice well we have a new president uh we're gonna do moonshot we're gonna do microbiome moonshot okay gut okay jack <laughs> moonshot wait a kidney kid malarkey right yeah yeah doing a moonshot to the gut <laughs> all right pow in the kisser uh to delaware baby <laughs> excellent scranton this is the best ending of an episode ever. You know, Joe Biden's gut microbiome. You know what it is, Sean? 100%? The only species in there? Empathy. Because he <laughs> suffered so much. <laughs> Run <Around> the gut. <laughs> <laughs> Let's thank Stacy, our sound lord and engineer. Let's thank the voters out there, all right? Wow. Thank the voters, okay, for, um, you know, tricking the deep state into thinking... <laughs> Don't your business president. <laughs> okay, so let's thank Brian and Griffin for the art. Please, you can uh, sign up for Patreon at patreon.com slash petri dish. Mm-hmm. If for, for some reason you thought any of this episode was worth any kind of money. <laughs> okay. You can also find us on Act Blue. What? Okay. <laughs> That's right. We're secretly an arm of the Democratic Party. Wow. Yeah, dude. Uh, petri dish. Nope. Beachydish.com slash at blue. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> at Dish Podcast on Twitter. Woo! Petridishpod at gmail.com. Mm, you can find us on Parlor and Gab. <laughs> <laughs> Parlor doesn't exist anymore. It's uh, <laughs> <laughs> fucking dorks, dude. And we will see you all next time. Woo! Freedom. That's right. Freedom isn't free. No, there's a hefty fucking fee. And if you don't all chip in your buck of five. That's right. That's breathy, Stacey, because I'm a great singer. Who will? That's great country singing. Freedom isn't free. See that note I'm hitting right there? Now there's a hit to fucking fee. Da 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 da